Well, our theme this year is Love Does. And our scripture is from Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 2 from the message. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and live a life like that. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious but extravagant. And he didn't love us in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. I love this. Love like that. And you know, that's what we want to do. But even though we want to do this, we have to understand that not everybody wants to do what love does. I read this scripture last week from uh, the book of Philippians, chapter 3 and verse 18. Paul said, for there are many who live by different standards. And as I've warned you many times, he said, I weep as I write these words. They are enemies of the anointed one, enemies of the cross of Christ. And Paul says there are many who are enemies of the cross of Christ. I shared last week how Rob DeMartin said, we are not in a spiritual bubble. We are in a spiritual battle. And truthfully, we're not in a love does bubble. We're in a love does battle. Because you know what? Hate does. Hurt does, harm does, evil does. Jesus in Matthew 6.13 taught us to pray there in the Lord's Prayer. He said, and, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And you know, in John 17.15, Jesus prayed as well. And this was his uh, intimate personal prayer to the Father. And you know what he prayed? He said, I don't pray that you take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. And then the Apostle Paul speaks in um, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 3. He says, the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Look at these passages of scripture all concerning us and the evil one. Guard you, keep you, deliver you from the evil one. Mostly, what God does is love you, but mostly what the devil does is diss you, diss you, to speak disrespectfully of you and to criticize you. We saw last week in Revelation 12, 10, that this is what he does continually. It's amazing. He disses you daily before God. He criticizes you continually. Last week, we said that he wants to not only diss you, but dismiss you. And what I want to talk to you about today is how the devil wants to diss your qualification. He wants to diss your qualification. Your qualification as a child of God, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ. He'll tell you, you're not qualified. You're disqualified. You are unqualified. And yet we read in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. The Father has qualified you to share in the inheritance in the saints in light. Oh, how the devil hates this and how he desires to diss your qualification. He'll say to you, you swore 
and Christians don't swear, you're disqualified. And don't call yourself a Christian anymore. Or he'll say, you lied. You told a lie. You're a big fat liar and all liars go to hell. Or he'll say, you have so many doubts and questions. You know you have no right to truly call yourself a Christian. Or he'll say, you're filled with lust. It's all you think about. You know you're disqualified. How can you possibly call yourself a Christian? Right, lift up holy hands. Your hands are anything but holy. You've blown it. You're banned and you're barred from God. And you're nothing but a hypocrite. You know, I remember as a single young man standing before a prophet who was about to give me a word from God. And I was shaking like a leaf before that man spoke to me. I was terrified as a young man. I honestly thought God was going to say to me through that prophet, sorry, you've blown it. Sorry, I can't use you. But that's not what God said to me. And that is not what God says to you. I remember I had a good friend who gave his heart to Christ while we were serving together in the army. He'd come back from Vietnam. He quit doing drugs. He became a great Christian, but he couldn't quit smoking. It's amazing. He gave up drugs. He would stand up and preach. But the enemy dissed him continually about his smoking until he was finally convinced that he was disqualified from being a Christian. And he walked away from Christ. I remember having dinner some years ago with a leading cardiologist in America. I think he was president of the Cardiologist Association in the United States. And I found out that he went to a Christian university and he wanted to serve Christ. But later he had a divorce and eventually he remarried. And the devil dissed his qualification until he was convinced that his divorce disqualified him and he was no longer suitable to serve Christ. Mostly, what the devil does is diss you and he wants to diss your qualification. You are disqualified. Satan wants to diss your qualification, but he has misinformation because you were never qualified. You have never been qualified. You cannot be disqualified for an event that you never qualified for in the first place. You have to qualify for the Olympics before you can be disqualified from the Olympics. Oh, the devil has some serious misinformation about your qualification. I want to read from Romans chapter 5 and uh, verse 6. Uh, through 11. Listen, listen to this. When we were utterly helpless, does that sound like we were qualified for anything? Listen, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners, sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for an especially good person, but God, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Jesus Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. 
For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. The devil is mistaken in his information about your qualification. Because while I was at my worst, utterly helpless, totally unqualified, and a sworn enemy, he befriended me. There never has been, and there never will be, anything in me that qualifies me for a relationship with him. You do not qualify for God's love, God's grace, God's mercy, God's goodness, God's forgiveness, God's kindness. That's on God. That's on God. That's on God. That has never been on you. That has never been on me. That's not on us. It's on God. Because the Bible says in Romans 3.10, there is none righteous. No, not one. No one. No one is qualified. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. My goal is to just live with eternal gratitude that he would qualify a sinner like me. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20. Oh, oh, I love this passage. These three verses have changed my life. It says, and through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now, he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. You see, this is what the devil is trying to do when he disses you. He's trying to get you to not believe this astonishing truth. To stand firm. To not, he wants you to not stand firm in the reality that a wretch like me could stand blameless and without a single fault before God, completely right in his eyes. He's trying to convince you that it's not Jesus that saves you. It's your effort, your ability, your disciplines, your keeping his law. Your behavior is your savior. And when you blow it, you're blown. You are disqualified. Now let me show you how this works. 
before you were born again, before you became a Christian, did you ever do a righteous act or a good deed? Well, of course you did. But did those righteous acts make you righteous? Did those good deeds make you good? The answer is no. Because in Isaiah 64 and verse 6, it says, But we all are like an unclean thing. All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Good deeds are good, but they do not have the power to make you good. And righteous acts do not have the power to make you righteous. Only the cross has that power. Only the blood of Jesus has the power to make you right in God's sight. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Righteousness is not something I give myself or work myself into. As a matter of fact, the same miracle, think of it, Think of the miracle it must have taken for God to make Jesus sin. Honestly, of all the miracles in the Bible, that one astonishes me the most. For he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Listen, the same miracle, the same power that made Jesus sin is the same miracle and the same power that made you righteous. All right? Now let's just reverse this. Now you are a Christian. So as a Christian, have you ever done anything unrighteous, wrong, or sinful? Let me just take a guess that the answer is yes. Did that unrighteous act or that sin have the power to make you unrighteous? Did that bad deed disqualify you and delete you as a child of God? The answer is no. When you commit a sin, it should make you sad. It should make you somber. It should make you sorrowful. And godly sorrow leads us to repentance. But it can't make you unrighteous, unwelcome, unwanted, unloved or unworthy in your Father's eyes. Let me read to you from Romans chapter four and verse five and six. People are counted as righteous not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. David also spoke of this when he described the happiness of those who are declared righteous without working for it. Now, there are other things in our life that we do work for, that we do strive for, and even qualify for. But our salvation is not one of them. That belongs to us through grace, by faith alone, and not by works. That's on God. Anything you have to qualify for, you can be disqualified from. For example, Paul was concerned about being disqualified from ministry. We read about his concern in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, uh, 9 and verse 27. 
He said, but I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, he said, that I myself should be disqualified. But you see, the ministry is something you have to qualify for. He wasn't talking about his salvation. And you can disqualify yourself. Some have done that. Some disqualify themselves from their marriages, from their jobs or their careers, or from living in freedom as a law-abiding citizen. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6, it says this, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. All right? How did I receive him? I received him unworthy, undeserving, and unqualified. And I'm still unworthy, undeserving, and unqualified. And I can never make myself worthy, deserving, or qualified. Mostly, what the devil does is diss you. And he wants to diss your qualification. But he has major misinformation about your qualification for salvation. The Bible says... In 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 5, it says, It's not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification, our qualification comes from God. Our qualification comes from God. Let the devil try to diss that. He's going to have to go to God and, and, and good luck with that. Oh, family. I know the enemy wants to diss your qualification. He wants to make you think you're not right or worthy. And he'll diss you day and night. You're disqualified. You're disgraced. Can I just tell you you're the opposite of that? You're as qualified as the Lord Jesus Christ himself because you are righteous with his own righteousness. And you are not disgraced. Oh, my goodness. You are the opposite of disgraced. You are graced graced, graced. He searched us out when we were unqualified. He found us. He wrapped his arms around us. He died for us. He brought us into this place where we are qualified in God's sight, and only he can keep us in this place. I will never earn that place on my own or by my behavior. So today, I want you to know, mostly what God does is love you. And he made you for himself, and he made you for himself forever. But stand firm in this truth, because the enemy wants to come. Stand firm in the truth that today, all on God, that you stand before him, righteous, holy, and without a single fault. Stand firm. Stand firm.